But we need the word more than anything else. That Bible you have, the best thing anyone can do is open it up and give you a word. And you understand a word, even one verse. Uh, and you can say, thank God I I have that because, because that is light. Amen? And uh, Sister Rose was talking about the uh, Thessalonians, the book of... Uh, in chapter 2 but in chapter 1 and then we find where Paul was the founder think of this this great church Thessalonica really was a great church uh, but um, it was a great church but uh, Paul didn't get to uh, spend a lot of time there because he came under a lot of suffering persecution but uh, a great church was founded within a few weeks in Thessalonica. You see, it doesn't take long when when the hearts of the people want God. It's when they do not want God and you're forcing God on them. And you have to be uh, just always uh, correcting, correcting. See, that, that church will remain a baby church. It's always on milk, striving and quarreling. But um, uh, Paul was only a few weeks in Thessalonica. And you will begin to find over in uh, Acts, the, to get a better understanding, you, you go to Acts, the, um, the uh, 17th chapter. If you turn your Bibles to Acts, the 17th chapter and verse 1. And Paul, um, Paul was suffering. Paul and Silas was in prison earlier, uh, and then they, uh, when they were released, they um, went to. Um, uh, you remember Paul? They were in prison, and at midnight, that uh, Paul and Silas in chapter chapter sixteen, uh, verse twenty-five, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. See that you know the story in that, and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Remember, and how that jailer, the jailer, accepted um, accepted Christ as his savior, and uh, there was a there was a great earthquake as they sung praises to God in chapter uh, sixteen, down in verse twenty five twenty six. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors um, were open and everyone's bands were loose. See, that was a, a, a real jailbreaking experience, right? Um, uh, the song that said, if you're in prison... Uh, He's a prison uh, breaker, chain breaker. He'll release you from from <coughs> prison. Well, naturally and spiritually here, man. So the keeper of the prison awakened. That means he was sleeping. Prison awakened out of his sleep. He could have been he could have been uh, executed for sleeping. Uh, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled because he would have 
uh, uh, been executed, so he would have taken his life before. Okay, so that night the um, the jailer received Christ as as his savior. Okay, if you read on further down, you will see the great uh, Paul was released. Paul and Silas was let go, and I think it's verse thirty six. And the keepers of the prison told this saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. Um, and so, okay, then in Paul find himself over in chapter 17, verse 1. You can read that. Chapter 17, Acts chapter 17, verse 1 says that um, now when they had... Um, they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia. They came to um, Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. There was already a synagogue there of the Jews. And they, um, Paul, next verse, Paul, as his manner uh, was, he was used to going to church regular on the Sabbath day, went into the, in, uh, went in unto them. And three, notice, remember I told you he was not there very long? But three Sabbath days. It's about three weeks. Okay, but look what happened. See, in three Sabbath days, reason with them out of what? Out of what? The scriptures. So when somebody talking to you, listen to me. When somebody reasoning with you and they don't have a Bible, they're just talking from their head or a dream. What do you do with that? Right. See, they don't have a Bible. See, how, how can they reason with you by their hearsay? Okay, or um, someone texts, you know, or whatever. But it's not the word of God. Do you see how today the devil has deceived us? Put the Bible aside and let me talk to you. Uh, not speaking to you from scripture. But when a pastor stands up, it's this book. See, we are fixing to reason with you this morning, tonight, out of what? Out of the scripture. So you sit there, and when the day is over, uh, you can go home and say, I have learned something more about God. But if he doesn't reason with you out of the scripture, you would not have known anything. Okay? I, he could fill you up with uh, bitterness. Uh, he can... Uh, fill you up with all kind of stuff to uh, pull you down, pull you away from the church, pull you away from Christ. So that's not a minister. That is not a child of God. That's not a man of God. That's a Hebrew worker. But here's what Paul, as his manner was, look at this, uh, went into them and three Sabbath day reason with them out of the scripture. It's powerful. on a line that. Okay, remember that. Don't ever put your Bible away. Don't ever go off on a limb and begin to quote dreams and what somebody told you or what you hear or you become a gossip uh, 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 person where you take one message to another and you want to hear and you see clicks and you uh, just stick your hearing out so you can hear and then uh, you become hooked on that kind of a spirit. You get that? Now, you have to reason the church, the pastor has to reason out of the scripture. Verse 3 says, uh, <clears throat> verse 3, uh, opening and alleging, notice, 
Opening and alleging that Christ, let's read. Opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. And that this Jesus, who? This Jesus. When you open this scripture, it's about this Jesus. It's not about how great you are. Okay, or how special or good a preacher you are. No. But it's reasoning out of the scripture. And he alleging that um, Jesus uh, Christ must needs have suffered. Read. Arisen again and risen again from the dead. Let's read. And that this Jesus who? That this Jesus who I preach unto you is Christ. That's powerful. Amen. That this Jesus that I preach unto you is Christ. There is no other Christ. There is no other Lord but Jesus Christ. That makes you shout. Amen. Don't that make you feel good? That your pastor stands up and this Jesus that he preached unto you is Christ. Praise the Lord. Verse 4. Verse 4 says, and some of them believe. Notice here, you're not going to get everybody to believe. But if you get some to believe, okay, you're walking in the same track like Paul. And some of them believe and consorted with Paul and Silas. And of the devout Greeks, uh, uh, a great multitude. And of the chief women, not a few. See, there was dignified women, chief women. So you're not the only ones. See, you're not the only one. Somebody said, oh, uh, I'm the only one that's serving. No, a lot of women serve God. And when you get into that kingdom, you're going to find out. Uh, Paul made a list of a few of those women. Yeah. Uh, how many uh, I, I serve God? Uh, whose side are you want to be on? Do you want to be on the side of these um, these um, uh, chief women? Uh, they, they had uh, uh, good jobs. They had recognition but yet they love Christ but your job doesn't turn you off from Christ you're so important that you can't serve God because or you're you're a city clerk or yeah you you've got a job or whatever you're you're making uh, a, a good amount of money a month yeah so you cannot serve God you're bigger than going to church uh, they were not they were cheap recognized uh, uh noble women and yet they love God See, and it says that uh, the chief women, not a few. There's a lot of those women. They weren't gossiping. You know, you see what they were doing? Huh? What group are you in? Uh, a, a group of women that gossip, gossip, tear church up? Or are you with the women, the chief women eh, that talk about Christ, that love Christ and be church builders? See, you, it's your choice. It, 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 it's your choice. See, but you notice the scripture has got something for us, all of us. And what side are you on? But well, it says that there was uh, Greek. They were uh, they, they were devoted Greeks and great and a great multitude devoted to what to Christ to the Word of God. And of the chief women, not a few. Praise the Lord. So the kingdom is going to have a lot of people in verse five now. But the Jews notice there's always somebody stirring up. In church, always somebody, you try to go forward, want to call you Monday morning, pull you aside, say something to you negative 
Well, you got them all the time. See, evil workers. And, but the Jews, uh, which believe not. Notice, they didn't believe. So what did they do? Moved with envy. What moved them? Envy. envy. And you've seen that. Move. They don't believe, so they move with envy. That's an envious spirit. And they, they'll put that spirit on you. See, move with envy. Uh, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. And gathered a company. And set all the city on uproar. Uh, uh, set the church on uproar. Set the city on uproar. And assaulted the house of Jason. And sought to bring them out to the people. Do you see what an envious spirit will? A bad spirit. Do you understand that? When you let someone pass on a spirit on you. What's going to happen to you? Yeah? You go off. You miss Christ. Yeah, yeah. It takes you out of the rank of the chief men and chief women. And you have a foreign spirit that will fight and destroy the house of God. Now verse uh, 6. Verse 5, verse 6. What verse? And when they found them not. They were looking for, for Paul and and uh, I think uh, uh, others. Uh, they said, and when they found them not. They drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have, notice, these that have turned the world upside down are come either unto us. Notice they said, turn it upside down. But no, Paul and Silas and, uh, and all them, they didn't turn it upside down. They turned it right side up. See, and that's what the church is. To turn your life right side up. But because we have such a mentality. And envy in us. We think it's upside down. You think the church is wrong. You think the pastor is wrong to correct the church. And to reach out. Okay like a woman. Uh, pulling her baby from the railroad track. While that train is coming. You see that? See you've got to pull them back. And the pastor ought to know the state of his flock. Because he's responsible. Amen. To present that church a chaste virgin. Amen. Uh, and to deliver the church from sin. You can't mess the church up and get away with it. You have to pay. There's a price that you'll pay. Well, I won't pay. Not Yes, you will. Because as long as there's a God, we will pay. All of us. See, we'll pay. See, we, unless we turn to God and re restore. See, and when they found them not, they drew Jason. And certain brethren unto the rulers of the city crying. These that have turned the world upside down. Next verse. Have committed to us. And they trouble. Uh, verse what? Verse 7. Says uh, whom Jason had received. And these all do contrary. To the decree of Caesar. Saying that there is another king. One Jesus. Do you see how the devil can twist the word of God and say things that the pastor didn't say, a minister didn't say, and and bring accusation against the preacher? Oh, he did this. He said this. He was not uh, kind to this one, and he wasn't. Uh, uh, you know, he didn't do this for this. You get what I'm saying? You can have all kind of charges, and you the church go haywire instead of standing up and realize. That the call, we're here to fight the good fight and to 
to push the devil back. That's what the pastor is for. But um, but we fight. So um, so verse eight now says, verse eight, go on now. Says and they trouble the people. What did they do? And they trouble the people. They trouble you. They'll upset you. You come to church singing, and before you leave, you'll be full of wrath against the church. And you pass and you look at that church that bless you. It's not the church. It's you. It's what's going on in you and who you listen to. It's that war that's going on. Check. Have you ever checked yourself and see what's going on inside of you or who influenced you? And they trouble the people and the rulers of the city. When they heard these things, notice, verse 9, uh, and when they had taken security of Jason and of the others, they found that thing is wrong. They let them go. And if you ever check, you'll find out that the church is preaching the word of God. We stay in the Bible. Church stays in the Bible. So what's the problem? What is the problem? See, you've got to check the word of God. And then they let Jason go. Uh, and, and so, verse 10. And the brethren immediately, notice, notice, the quick response. Uh, pastors got to have people that love and defend the church and stand with the ministry. Not, not, not people that's, uh, that want to destroy the church. Yeah, to get a church, you'll never have a church unless it's built uh, by the people. See, and remember now that uh, it's not the people on the outside. It's the people on the inside that uh, the scripture is talking about. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, protecting. See, Paul, the Thessalonians were now upset. There was an uproar and they got them out. That's where Paul went to Berea and the Bereans were more nobler. Get that? The Bereans were more nobler. You don't know that God compare you with others. Okay, God compare with others and find out at, uh, in the scripture where, where kings, um, it says that the kings, uh, this king would, 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 uh, would not serve God like his father David did, comparing him to David. He didn't reach to the standard. And there's a standard that is set in the church that we need to, uh, we need to reach up to that standard. And the brethren, notice, notice good brethren. People that love God sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming there went into the synagogue of the Jews. See, from they kick you out of one city, you have to leave one city. What do you do? You go to church in the next city. <laughs> Amen. You don't stop going to church, but that's powerful, isn't it? Verse, uh, verse ten. Uh, verse 11 now. Okay, so they went to Berea. Right, let me read on a little bit. Because it's a trip from Berea. Athens coming on down. Okay, so verse uh, uh, verse 11, is it? These were, I notice what happened. Okay, coming from Thessalonica. Remember we quote the scriptures? The Berean, but I'm just tracing a little bit. You see how important the scripture is? Uh, I'm just tracing, educating you a little bit now. That... Uh, that they came uh, from Thessalonica, uh, and now uh, they were driven out <laughs> of Thessalonica. But they did a great job there. Within three three Sabbath days, how many days? Three Sabbath days, but they did an awesome job. Paul and Silas. 
and now uh, they were uh, uh, chased out of town by night. <laughs> chased out of town by night. Preaching the gospel costs you something. You don't want to stand. You, you, you don't want to uh, take sides. Well, whose side are you on? Uh, was it Elijah said or Joshua? Uh, Joshua said, um, choose you this day. And Elijah says, uh, what, if Baal be God, then choose Baal. But if God be God, you've got to make your choice. You can't be negative or in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you're not taking side. Uh, so you not offend anybody. No, you've got to stand up for Christ and defend the word of God and not just stand there and let somebody blah, blah, blah. And you stand there with your mouth shut, shut, shut. You've got to open your mouth wide. And God will give you a word to push the evil devil back and stand up wherever you are and fight the good fight of faith. Don't be just negative and you stand there and you're not involved. Uh, the church has to speak up. Huh? Because, because if you don't, then God still raise up someone who's going to do it. Amen? And remember now, there's a lot that has gone on before us. Many chief women. Uh, what are you doing for God? Uh, you want to join that rank? The chief women? Uh, you know that? Uh, there's going to be dignified people in heaven that have stood and given their all to Jesus Christ. And then you on the sideline, you didn't do nothing in your generation because you were too busy. Uh, you didn't get involved. You didn't defend the church. And you what? The devil dragging the church. You know all over the place. And you just stand there and look. You wouldn't pull out your sword. Because you don't want to be persecuted. Well let me tell you. If you're going to make it in the kingdom. You're going to go through much. Much tribulation. Much Are you listening? Much persecution and much tribulation. So here these were more nobler. It's powerful. Let's all read it loud. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. In that, here's what they did. In, here's what they did now. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. Hallelujah. Do you get that? Their minds were not clouded with thoughts. Nobody filled their mind with junk. But their minds was filled up with God. And they were ready to receive the word of God. Oh, this church ought to shout. You ought to, you ought to get happy. Do you see that? I said, do you see that? How powerful that is. Let me read it. These were more nobler than those in Thessalonica. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. Oh my God, pray for that. All readiness of mind. And because of that, they... Search the scripture daily. Now how would they search the scripture? By turning from one page to another. Corresponding. This one say this. This part say. Let me find it. What, what it's talking about in another section of the scripture. Do you get that? What are we doing right now? Searching the scripture. What are we doing? Searching the scripture. What are we? Why are we doing it? Because we are nobler. Noble. See, they were nobler than those in Thessalonica. What was the problem in Thessalonica? They would not search the scripture. They would not search the scripture. Now, uh, if this church is to be blessed, what, what have we got to do? Search the scripture. 
And uh, Jesus said it. He said, uh, search the scripture for in them you, uh, you think you have eternal life. But uh, these are they which uh, testify. Now these were more nobler than those in Thessalonica. Read on. In that they received. It's powerful right there. You got to get that. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. But they were excited. They were glad. Are you glad today? Are you excited about the word of God? Huh? They receive it with all readiness of mind. We used to sing a song, My Mind is Made Up. With all readiness of mind. Well, you know, you could tell it, you see it on your face. Not halfway. But your whole mind was committed to hearing the word of God. And search the scriptures daily. Oh, I wish I had a group of men and women that we could sit down every day and search the scriptures. And look, look when we get together every other Friday and search the scripture. Huh? Do you see how you feel? Huh? And search the scriptures daily. Whether those things were so to see. That's where you get your answer from. If you want to know what's right. Go to the scripture. Not, 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 not go to somebody's house. Auntie, uh, your auntie's house. Or your uncle's house. Or, or find out. No. Go to the scripture. What did they search? They didn't, cha- they didn't search their, their phone. They searched the Bible. And search the scriptures daily. How often? How often? So if you only search it Sunday morning, are you in trouble? They search the scriptures daily. Whether those things, verse 12, whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believe. What? Why did they believe? Why did they believe? Because they search the scripture daily. They receive it with all readiness of mind and search the scripture daily. Therefore, many of them believe. Also, look, look again. Of the honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. Do you get mean that God's going to have a lot in the kingdom? Huh? So you better get your place that nobody take your crown. Because the Bible tells you that all through suffering and all that, God has laid away a multitude. Don't you want to be there? Read it in the Bible. It tells us. It says that these are honorable men and women. The kingdom of God is going to be an honorable place. You think that this world and, and you get, you're get known by the city clerk or something. That's okay. Nothing against that. But brother, there's a higher calling. There, there's a higher calling. When, uh, when you will be uh, uh, elevated and lifted up. And uh, Paul says unknown yet well known. And you might not be known a lot. You're not popular now. But brother in the kingdom you will be. Amen. Verse 13 says. But when. uh, But when the uh, Jews. Of Thessalonica. Notice here. Now the reason why I'm reading this. Is to show you before we get back over in Thessalonica. Thessalonians. So, So you have a background. You get it? Okay now you're understanding more right? Okay so. It says, but when the Jews of Thessalonica acknowledged that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, 
they came thither also and stirred up the people. So no, notice how they work. From one city to another city. From one house to another house. Did that mean? From one church to another church. From one individual to another individual. They run over to one another's house. The same spirit. Verse, uh, verse uh, 14. And then immediately <laughs> the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to see. They trying to get to lose them and sent Paul out to see so they wouldn't know where Paul. But uh, Silas and Timotheus abode there still in Thessalonica. I mean in Berea, right? Berea. The next verse says, read the next verse. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed. They departed. Verse, that verse 16. Okay. So now I'm going to uh, rest right there. Okay. You can read the rest for yourself. Okay. So, uh, it gives you a good background of the uh, uh, of Thessalonica, the Thessalonians, and how that church got started, and uh, what happened. Read the rest of this chapter because it is good, and then go over to chapter 18 and, and so on, and uh, follow Paul chapter 19. You're going to get a good understanding if you read the scripture like that, okay? You begin to follow this great man of God, Apostle Paul. He will tell you. Okay, you'll see his name everywhere. Now, I'm going to first, uh, I'm going to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. You find that? You got your Bibles? Now, you got a nice outline of the scripture that if you follow it, <coughs> you're going to understand. Okay, now, uh, in uh, verse 1, 2 Thessalonians verse uh, uh Chapter 1, started verse 1. Uh, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus. Notice Paul, Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God our Father and God the uh, 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 our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace. Uh, Paul's writing. He greet them, grace, um, grace, uh, verse 2, verse 2 now says, grace unto you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who, who? Grace, that grace, that, uh, that unmerited favor, the great that bring its salvation. You can't, you never get rid of grace. By grace are we saved through faith and peace. When you've got the peace of Christ, you don't worry. You don't get upset. You don't have to stay and worry what's going to happen to me tomorrow. Because God has given you peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3 says, We are bound to thank God always. Now Paul is, is writing, okay? Letters. Or to the Thessalon uh, Thessalonians, right? Isn't that right? Now, he says, uh, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, 
as it is me because that your faith. Notice, notice. There was people right there that would stand for God. In persecution, they wouldn't bow. You're not, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Multitudes have done it. Now it says that we are bound to thank God for you always, brethren, as it is me because that your faith groweth. See, how, how does it grow? Because of the word. Exceedingly, and the charity of everyone of you all towards each other abounded. So there was a there was a love in the church, not war. There was a respect and a love, and because of that, they were growing in the Lord. See, they were they were um, growing and abounding, but this love was towards one another. You cannot only love God and grow. You've got to love your brothers. See, to show that you love God because you love one another. You love the brethren. You love the saints of God. I'm not talking about loving rebels. I want to tear the church up because we get mistake. Oh, I've got to love it. No, you, no, you don't. It's the it's the household of God. Okay, and uh, when someone wants to destroy the church, you don't love that. You cannot love that spirit. That is to be rebuked and chase that spirit over. See, the, the thing is that churches today don't understand. Saints don't understand. Well, I've got to love everybody and fellowship with everybody. That's not true. You're reading the Bible upside down. That's not what the Bible says that. We take on that spirit, you know. Oh, I've got to. They call. I've got to. No, you don't. No, you don't. Otherwise, they'll never be saved. You have to tell them the truth. And the reason why sometimes we don't get uh, people saved because we don't tell them the truth. You know, we're trying to spin. See, but uh, Jesus didn't do that. John the Baptist, Paul didn't do that. And you'll find out in the scriptures. That's why they threw him out of uh, Thessalonica. Because he didn't. He spoke the truth. He spoke the word of God. We are bound to thank God. Always for you, brethren. <clears throat> as it is meet because that your faith grew exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you all towards each other abounded. Amen. And you can open your mouth sometimes and read. Okay, verse uh, verse 4 says, So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience, notice, for your patience and faith in all your what? Persecution. So the church is going to go through persecution. You don't want to be persecuted, you're not going to be in the kingdom because you're going to go through persecution. Everybody's not going to say nice things about you. But are you going to cave in? Are you stand up for the word of God? You take your stand for the word of God. Uh, persecution and what? And tribulation that he endured. But remember, this is, uh, this is not the great tribulation. Because the, um, you'll find out that, that as we go further, the church does not, uh, the church does not go uh, through the great tribulation. It's taken out of the great tribulation. Really, it is taken out of the great tribulation. Okay? Now, chapter 1 of uh, Second Thessalonians deals with the secret coming of the Lord, catching away of the bride. You'll find out. 
and in chapter 2 deal with the open uh, second coming of Jesus Christ. As, as we see that verse, uh, verse 4, uh, verse 5 now says, which, uh, which is a manifest token. Okay. Okay, no, notice. Go back to verse 4. Go back to verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you, in the churches of God for you, for your patient rather, and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that he endured. Remember John said that we were brethren in tribulation? In uh, uh, Revelation chapter 1, we'll go there after what? But verse 5 says, look at verse, you need to read now, loud. Verse 5 says, which is a manifest token of what? The righteous judgment of God that he may be counted worthy of what? Of the kingdom of God for which he also suffered. So through much tribulation we enter into the kingdom of God. And you're going to go through some suffering. You're going to have to stand up for Christ. You're going to go through some persecution. That's what it says. Uh, verse verse 5. Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. That he may be what? Oh, you need to shout. You, I said you need to praise him right there. That you may be counted worthy of the kingdom. You don't, you don't want to go through suffering. You're afraid. You, you don't stand up for God. Do you get that? But because you don't know the scriptures. Nobody ever explained that you've got to stand up and, and tell everybody. Uh, whose side you're on. Amen. You can't be uh, halfway. In between. Off and off. You got to be full. But this, this verse of scripture is powerful. Look at it. Which is a manifest token. Of the righteous judgment of God. That you. Ye may be counted worthy. Why are you suffering? Why are you going through this? Why do you have to give up something? Why are you lonely, forsaken sometimes? Huh? Cut back. It's a reason why. It's because God loves you. It's a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted. Notice here. So that tribulation in verse 4, go back to verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your notice what in all your persecutions and tribulation that you endure people talk about you run you down gossip about you and you become their favorite subject what do you do huh? it's God allowing that so you'll have a better place in the kingdom oh my lord so you push the devil and fight the good father faith and it said it's a manifest token of God. God allows it. To mature you. That's why you suffer. But that's not a great tribulation. But it, it's persecution and tribulation. That he endured. Verse 5. Again. Which is a manifest. Notice. God, God is involved in it. For your perfection. Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. That he may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. 
you're not just going to go in the kingdom of God without suffering. You got to pay a price. A lot of us, we don't want to suffer persecution. You don't want to stand up. You're not going to be in the kingdom. Am I right? Is that the word of God? So you've got to suffer. Amen. That you may be counted worthy of the of God, the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. Why are you suffering? You're not suffering for pastor. You're suffering to be in the kingdom of God. When you stand against attacks on the church and you stand up for God, you're standing because you want to be accounted worthy. You're not defending the pastor whose side you're on. It's because you don't know the scripture. You're not listening. You're listening to voices. It's not the pastor you're suffering for. You suffer for the churches. But the church is the vehicle that's taking you to the kingdom. So you need the church. Like a baby needs a mother's womb. Amen. Without a mother's womb, no babies. I'm talking about the right way. Amen. It's beautiful, isn't it? Scripture. Verse 6 now. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. In other words, God's God going to pay them. You cannot do anybody any wrong and get away with it. You have to repent, restore. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God. With who? To recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Alright, what does that mean? You go through tribulation and suffering. But it's a righteous thing to God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Alright, what kind of tribulation? You do not go through the, the great tribulation because you just go through a tribulation by those that persecute you, false brethren or whoever persecute you, right? You go through a tribulation. But God's going to reward them. And guess what they're going to go through? They're going to go through the great tribulation for, tri for troubling you. That's what it says up there, for troubling the church. God recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. So God protects touching up mine anointed. You don't touch. You say, well, I get away with it. You forgot that we are heading to eternity. Amen. You forgot. And there's no statues of limitation. When you touch the church. Verse 6. 7. Verse, verse, verse 7 is it. Until you notice here. Are you troubled? Well, I couldn't. That little church, I don't find no rest there. When you begin to submit and lose your gossiping tongue, you, you break away from a clique. Don't join it. But look at what the Bible says. Are you troubled? Huh? If you are, just sit down and listen to the word of God. Rest with us. It's a resting place. Don't you feel peace? The word comfort you? What do you take comfort in? Somebody pat you on the back or the word of God? The word of God will deliver you from the great tribulation. So to you that are troubled. Ha, ha. 
rest. Cast away your heavy burden. Lay it down at the feet of Jesus. You find a church where you can sit down and rest and hear the word of God. To you that are troubled, rest with us. You're upset inside, the war is going, you're not sure, you're torment. Huh? Rest with us. Relax. Listen to the word of God. Remember we start grace and peace? Find that rest. To you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord, notice the second coming, I mean, or the catching away of the church. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. What's going to happen? He's coming. It's going to happen. You say that's long, but it's going to happen. Hmm? It's going to happen. Say so when he shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. What's going to happen? Verse 8. In fire. Notice. In flaming. Oh, is he coming back? Huh? The second advent. He's going to be revealed from heaven. Revelations chapter 1 speaks about his eyes are as a flame of fire. And his feet as if they were burned in, in fire. Brass like brass. In flaming fire. So you know he's coming back. He's describing the, the advent, second advent of Christ. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God. So nobody gets away. When you touch the church, you don't get away. Man might not deal with you now, but the Lord's coming in flaming fire. His eyes are as a flame of fire. And that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. When, when you let evil and all of that stuff in your heart. When you begin to fight against God. You upset churches. You upset pastors. You upset the ministry. You gossip. You fight. Huh? You cause suffering to church. You think you get away with it? Oh my goodness. You don't know your Bible. No. Whither shall I flee from his presence? Well, you might flee but. You still have to pay a price. Every soul that you offended, you got to give an account for it. We have to give an account. How is he coming back? In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God. And, notice, obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. No. So, note it. Taking vengeance and honor like that. Them that know not God. That's that, 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 that's sad. You, you can go to church all your life and don't know God because it depends who your preacher is. Huh? They don't break the word of God to you and show you these things. Who is he going to take vengeance on? So you know now, right? You know that you've got to know God. So why do we tell you, read this scripture, give you assignments, come to church, listen to the word of God. So that I might know him. So the vengeance of God will pass from you. This is a wonderful place. And you ought to say, thank God for this church. Because I want to escape the vengeance, the wrath of God. <coughs> so to you that are troubled. 
rest with us. When the Lord shall re- be revealed from heaven, flame of fire, you don't have to worry. Oh, that's powerful up there. Can you imagine? Huh? He's not riding a little donkey anymore. But he's coming back. And Revelations 19 tell you, riding a white horse. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp, two-edged sword. What a savior. You see who you're serving? And Revelations chapter 1 tells us, and describe him. When, when he was getting ready to ride through the church age. Seven churches. His hair was white as wool, as white as snow. Eyes are flame of fire out of his mouth. Good as sharp towards That's what's been keeping the church alive for 2,000 years against the enemy. Otherwise, there would be no church. Then he had on this long white rope and gird about with a golden girdle. Feet shod. Burnt like brass. John 7. I saw him. I fell at his feet as dead. The old hurt. When he comes back in vengeance. Flaming fire. This world will become the kingdom. Kingdom of the Lord. Hmm? It won't be the church. It will be the kingdom. But the church takes you on to the kingdom. In flaming fire. Taking vengeance on them that know not God. And that obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Next verse says. Notice. Who shall be, uh, who shall be punished? See the punishment? Here's what the punishment is. Everlasting destruction. From the presence of the Lord. You know when, when Cain killed his brother. And he was banished from the presence of, of the Lord. No more to ever come in the presence of God. He says my punishment is too much. You know. We don't have an understanding what hell is like. We think hell is just some flame of fire or so. But it's banishment. From the presence of God. When you're banished in second death. You'll never hear another word about God. You're gone. Second death. No mention of him. You will be taken to a land which. Is not. Not known. Not known by the presence of God. Think it's easy. I don't go to church hardly. I don't do this. Oh yeah. You keep that up. You'll find out. You'll have a lot of time not to go to church. Darkness, everlasting darkness, ignorance. See, you'll be banished from the the presence of God. What's going to happen to you? Who shall be punished? It's powerful right there. Give you judgment, isn't it? Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction? Do you get me? Everlasting destruction. That means destruction upon destruction upon destruction upon destruction forever. You're gone. Everlasting destruction. I'm trying to 
explain that a little to you. Who shall be punished with ever with what? Everlasting. You know what everlasting means? Endless destruction, eternal. Where? Where's mama? Where's papa? Where's your friends? Where's your relative? Nobody's there with you. Everlasting destruction. From what? I just told you. From the presence of God. Here you can come to church and lift your hands and feel the Lord. Hmm? Have somebody get up and walk out. And fight God. But one day you won't have that chance. Because the judgment will pass and you'll be suffering from everlasting destruction. Hmm? You can come to church now, but you don't come to church. See? You voluntarily stay away. You will not submit to God. But there's going to come a time when you can't go to church. You can't get in the presence of God. And you want to, but you can't. Everlasting destruction. That's why there's going to be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Look at this here. We need to slow down and look at these words. Who shall be punished? What's the punishment? Hmm? Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction? From the presence of God. That means, here, here you are. You can come and feel God, right? Praise the Lord. You can feel the Lord. But here comes a time you'll never feel the Lord. You're banished from the presence of God. You're barred. To ever, never enter the presence of God. Everlasting destruction. You're destroyed. Everlastingly from entering in the presence of God. There's no greater punishment. Well, yeah, you don't, you know, we don't understand now. But we're banished. Said we're being punished. That's a punishment. What is it? That for all eternity. You'll never enter the presence of God. You'll never feel God anymore. Why do you think the devil is so miserable? Hmm? Why do you think the devil and demons are so restless? Why do you think demons are so tormented? They cannot feel and endure the presence of God anymore. When, when if they ever get into a church where the presence of God is, they have to go to scream. There's a sentence. What's the sentence? Everlasting destruction. From the presence. Of the Lord. And from. The glory of his power. That means you never feel his presence. And you never taste his glory. There's no greater punishment. You said burning hell. Is not bad like this one. Have you, have you ever gone a day or two. And you can't feel God? And you begin to cry out, Oh God, where are you? Are you restless until you feel him? Hmm? You build a relationship with God and you find out. If you go a day without feeling God. And having a personal relationship with God. How tormenting you begin to. That spirit remind you. Tell you it's time to pray. And you don't have peace. You can try anything. Eat, get up and eat all you want to. It's unless you get down and pray. Have you ever done that? Huh? That's a greater than any human being can give you. Somebody said, oh, I can't let that go. 
Well, you come into a knowledge of Christ, you'll find out you can. So verse 10. When he shall come, what is he going to do when he comes? Huh? When he shall come to be glorified in his saints. But you got to start now. You have to love on him. Tell him how he's wonderful. Stand up for him. It's not when he returned. He said, oh, Jesus. He said, depart from me. Not then. He goes, it's now. It's now that you cry. When others are turning against him, you cried. I said, oh, God, I want to feel your presence. Oh, God, I want to feel your glory. Because here's what. You begin now because here's what's going to happen when he comes. That's why you need a church to show you. You have to lift your hands up when nobody wants to do it. And say, Lord, I love you. When you're home, are you listening? You just don't go and just watch television and watch all these sports and watch everything. You got to turn off that TV or ignore it sometimes. And spend some time with the word and tell the king you love him. Tell Jesus he's king, he's Lord. Look at that. And when he shall come, what is he coming for? Huh? They see now now notice when he shall come, that this is when he catch away his sins. That's not wrath right here. That's when he catch away his sins. Look at that. When he shall come, let's read. To be glorified in his saints. My Lord. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints. That's that's not when. The white horse rider. That's later on. But Christ comes back for his church. To be glorified in his saints. To be admired. You you know that. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints. And to be admired in all them that believe. Do you know what I mean? The glorified in his saints. Is that when he comes. All of the saints going to make so much of him. Oh Jesus. And they're going to cry and uh, kiss his feet. And you're wonderful. We've served you. And oh, I've heard about you. I love you with my heart. And here you are. Have you ever seen a mother greeting her, her daughter or son? Huh? And going all over my boy, my son. Oh, I love my child. <laughs> you're not even. Are you, are you here? Yeah, yeah. When you admire somebody. That means you go all over them. You tell them you love them. Why is he coming back? For his saints. To be glorified. In his saints. And when you admire them. He said. Oh there's none like you. Oh my pastor taught me about your beauty. And explained. But he. Like the queen of Sheba said. They have heard about it. But they have never been told me. You're better. You're more beautiful. He first comes for his church. To be admired. And glorified. In his saints. Why don't you begin right now. Instead you got that sad sack. Oh. Oh, Things are not going. Admire Jesus. Fall in love with him again. Go all over Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tell him I love him. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. 
the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the prince of peace. The same words, Alpha, Omega, glorify innocence. Well, you've got to get alive. It will bring you alive when you begin to admire Jesus. Instead of that being a sports star or somebody, you know, full of muscles or singing and no brains. You admire Jesus. Who is your hero? Tell him how he died on the cross. What do you think the catching away of the church is going to be? God, when they see the Lord, and he's more wonderful. He's more beautiful. He's more glorious than what any preacher could tell you. He's coming back. And we're going to catch a glimpse of him. Brother, you're going to hear the shout when they see the Christ and he's far, far above rubies and diamonds and gold. I feel like shouting. I wish I had a shirt that was alive. Uh, are you alive today? Can you clap your hands and shout? Can you begin to admire him? When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and be admired in all them. In who? In all them that believe. Do you believe? Are you a believer? You believe the second advent? You believe that Christ is coming for a church? Uh, are you admiring him? Because of our testimony among you was believed in that day. You've got to believe what the word of God is saying. Unless you have a doubt and doubts. And you've got to separate yourself. Ask God to wash you from any connection to the world or to evil. Verse 11 says. Let's read. Wherefore also we pray always for you. That our God would count you worthy of this calling. Do you see that? God has got something to do about it. Hmm? It's not you say, well, I'm on my way to heaven and you're fighting and destroying the church. No. It's God has got to count you worthy. And when God sees you and look at you standing with the church and never fight the church. And God said, that child is worthy. But here you are running over somebody's house and gossiping about the church. And you're going to be, you do the same thing after a while in heaven. Hmm? You'll do the same thing. And it's God, it's not, it's not you commending yourself or somebody commending you. But it said it's that God has got to count you worthy. Did he say that? That our God would count you worthy of this calling. Hey, you see what you have to pray for? What you have to work for? And fulfill all the good pleasures of his goodness. And the works of faith with power. What a job. Do, do you get understand the job that a pastor has got to do in your life? Well, when are you going to get this work done? Or oh, in the kingdom? No, it won't. It won't. You'll be in the final resurrection. It's got to be done right now. See what has to be done, what a church has to do? So don't, don't preach like that. You preach too hard. We want it soft. But when you get that child and they're rude and very rude, you catch them and you turn them up. And just barely spank them. That child won't change. That child won't change. 
But you got to preach the word of God just like it is. This powerful word. And the last verse says. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be what? Oh my goodness. May be glorified. And you let's read again. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be what? Be glorified where? In who? In you. And he in him. You in him. And he in you. So here's a church got to put you in Christ. Right? Put you in Christ. And you got to put yourself in him. That's your job. You get it? How do you do that? Huh? See, because, because, that's right, I need him. According to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This part How much grace does he give you? How much peace? How much favor? Why are you here? Because according to the grace of God. What a wonderful message. What a wonderful breakdown of scriptures. What a wonderful man that Paul was. They tried to kill him, but God never allowed them to do that until his work was over. Look at us this morning. What if this church was shut down? You think you'd hear this? Not on your life. Hmm? Something you know has got to prepare you to put your in Christ. I in him and he in me. So you've got to get in Christ and Christ has got to get in you. So I'll preach that Christ will get in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But now you begin to apply this word to yourself so you get in him. In him will you live. It's your responsibility to get in him. My job is to put Christ in you. See, it's two ways. All right, so I say, oh, I'm in Christ. Yes, but my question is, is he in you? You can tell the difference. When Christ gets in you, you don't fight and oppose the church and fight the church. That's what these lessons are for. To get Christ in you. It's powerful. Okay? That the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. You see the work has to be done? Now tell me. Did you ever hear about that before? I preach it. Did you ever know? Hmm? Did you ever know these scriptures? But it's in your Bible. You got the book. So isn't that more than just getting up and quoting a whole bunch of scriptures? Huh? A teacher. I got to break it down. The devil doesn't care about you quoting a dozen scriptures and they don't know it. It's a teacher breaks the word of God down to you. Gift a teacher. Everybody's not. 
Everybody's not. It's a calling. Where you can just look at the scripture and know what the scripture says. And know that Christ has got to be in you. But you also has got to be in Christ. So the church help you, but you've got to help yourself. And as long as you're out of Christ, all right, if you're in Christ, okay? Or Christ is in you, but you're not in Christ. That's why this lesson is to get you in Christ. You have to press your way in. Let me, let me close, begin to close. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified where? In you. That's why people after a while know you that they cannot come to you with gossip. You'll stop him. You know why? Tell me why. Christ in you. And they know it. But if, you, if you're empty, they know. And he, Christ may be glorified in you. Did I say that? And you in him. So there's two things. Christ in you and you in Christ. You didn't know that. Now Jesus is in me now. But it's two things. Two things. To make you worthy. Christ may be glorified in you and you in him. Oh, you walk out here today, your life is different. See, I'm a different person. That's why the church, you know, we've lost touch of these scriptures. Can you imagine you've gone to church all your life and you never even heard this explained like this? And you're on your way to heaven. And you don't know, oh, you're on your way to heaven. You don't know he's coming back to be glorified in his saints and to be admired. And your heart right now begin to make love with him. Before he comes, so when you begin to glorify him right now, you're gonna every time you're moving up from the far back to front line. You you get the chief seat, like going to a great football game. The closer up you are, the better seat is more expensive, am I right? What do you think about the kingdom of God close to Jesus? Do it now. Hallelujah. I feel like shouting. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. And ye are you in him. According to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What a wonderful scripture. Give the Lord a praise. Okay, Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. Look at that. Colossians, find that for me, Nathaniel. Colossians chapter 3, verse, uh, yeah, Philippians, Colossians, verse uh, 3 and verse 4. Okay, let's all read. For you are dead. And your life is hid with Christ 
in God. It's true. You're dead. Reckon yourself dead. Dead to the world. And verse 4. When Christ. Who is our life. That's who you live by the faith of the Son of God. He's your life. The trouble is that you're, you're still trying to live. So you got you got to have that pleasure. You got to have the world. You can't do without it. You got to have something from the outside of this world to keep you happy. You're not dead, but this is talking about dead people, spiritually, not not that. Said so when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. That's it. I just read it. When he appeared, that second coming there for the church, then shall he also appear with him where. In glory. But remember now. You know. We think that the glory. In closing. We think that the glory. Is out there in space and the cloud. No. No. You can have. You can have glory. All by yourself. On your knees. Crying out to God. And nobody's even there. And you build that atmosphere. You go from glory to glory. And it's that atmosphere of glory. That's going to take you into his presence. In other words. That you're building your uh, a vehicle to take you. The same glory. That he has. And you've got that glory. Okay. So where do you go? From glory to glory. So when he comes back to be admired. In his saints. And to be glorified by them. He said. When Christ who is alive shall appear. When is he going to appear? Second coming. Then shall you also. <laughs> we talk about the appearing of Christ. But what about your appearing? Look at it. Is it up there? We about Christ appeared when he appeared. But what about, has that church ever make you ready for your appearing? That's what we've been doing this morning. When Christ who is alive shall appear. What's going to happen? Then shall he also appear with him in glory. Now you ought to clap and shout and thank God for this word. Good scripture. Don't you feel like shocked? Don't you feel like happy? Don't you? Or you just sit there like a dry tree? <laughs> when Christ, who is your life, eternal life, everlasting life, shall appear, what's going to happen? You also have an appearing. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. Is she, where you go? is she where you're going? And God is the father of glory. And Jesus Christ came to bring many sons unto where? Glory. Amen. I feel good, don't you? Amen.